0: are listening to The Rooted Podcast, the conversation advancing gospel-centered youth ministry.
1: Welcome to The Rooted Podcast. I'm Cameron Cole, and uh, today we're going to be talking about why is it that kids need to hear the message of grace so desperately. Uh, I am sitting with Kristen Hatton, who is the author of Get Your Story Straight and the forthcoming book FaceTime from New Growth Press, and Jessica Thompson, who is the co-author of Give Them Grace. And Jessica, any other books I need to mention? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's
2: a lot of books.
1: Tell me. L-I-A. Yours, yeah. yeah.
2: So Exploring Grace Together is wow, a, huh? it's a
1: devotional,
2: 40, 40 devotionals for kids and uh, for you to do with your kids, ages 5 to 10. Um, There's that, and there's another book called Answering Your Kids' Toughest Questions, How to Help Your Kids Understand Loss and Tragedies and Other Hard Topics. So we look at all the things that we don't want to talk to our kids about, and we went through, my mom and I, Elise Fitzpatrick and I went through and talked about how do you talk to kids that are preschoolers, five to ten. And then 11 and up, about those hard topics, whatever they may be. All the things you don't want to talk to your kids about,
1: we try to have them in there. That's great. That sounds great. I figured you'd written more uh, books than I had written emails. So, (laughs) anyhow.
2: Well, there actually
1: is one more. Tell me, what is it?
2: (laughs) I wasn't done, but you cut me off. Oh, gosh. You did it, you did it. So, it's not a parenting, but again. Um, Everyday Grace, how the love of Christ changes all of our relationships. And so that is about just how God relates to us as a friend, as a father, as a high priest, and the Holy Spirit relates to us as a comforter, you know, God is our spouse, like all these different ways, and then how does that change our relationships with each other?
1: Wow. Okay, (laughs) now I'm done. We're going to be here until Saturday, so I mean, if there are any more. That's so funny. Um, Well, thanks for that. Uh, Well, anyhow, so... Uh, as I said before, we're going to be talking about why kids need to hear the message of grace so badly. But first, we're going to kind of talk out, start out talking about why it is that it's not very natural, um, both for, for churches and for parents to lead with the message of grace. By grace, we're talking about God's unconditional love for sinners through Christ with no strings attached, without any conditions. And, um, and we'll you know, use the term law a fair amount in this conversation, meaning um, kind of our reliance on control and our personal effort and, uh, and kind of like moral education. So law being, if, if I can just tell my kid the right thing to do and motivate them to do it, then they'll, they'll, they can pull themselves up to the standard um, rather than grace being we're incapable of, of living up to the standard. Christ has lived up to it to it for us and resting in the fact that we're perfectly loved and accepted by God through Christ. So anyhow, why is it so unnatural (laughs) for us to preach grace? Why do we tend to lead with law?
3: Well, I think we don't see results necessarily with grace. And with law, you know, we can see, we can track, like, you're doing it good or you're doing it bad. Grace is Mm. just more ambiguous. It takes us out of the picture. Um, It's trusting god with our kids which we don't really like to give up control don't trust him with it yeah
2: i also think i mean we're all hardwired legalists right you give us a list and we think that we can pull it off i mean when we're on our good days we think we can pull it off so we do the same thing with our kids you know, and when we're pulling it off, that's when we're even more legalistic with our children. Mm. When I think that I'm being a good mom, when I get up in the morning and I have my quiet time and that I make them an amazing breakfast, you know, no sugar, no GMOs. <laughs> I have essential oils diffusing in the background. <sighs> and, you know, I pray over them. Those days I actually tend to be a lot less full of grace because I think I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do here you should be doing what you're supposed to do too. So because I'm a legalist at heart, it's it's just how I'm in made, it's how you're made, it's how you're made. Because we're all legalists at heart, then we, we push that into other people too. And then we, we don't extend grace. We extend, hey, I do it, I work hard, you too. So we're either there or we're despairing, which is like, I can't pull it off, you know, take a stupid pop tart and throw it in the toaster for yourself in the morning, right? And then we feel guilty all day about what an awful mom we are. Oh, that's what I do. <laughs> and so, I don't know if you feel awful about being a mom. You know,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: we're, we're all born legalists. And we, what we need is the intervening work of grace, of the Holy Spirit, to stop us in our tracks and tell us, there is no list that you can do. I mean, the standard is be perfect. You cannot do that. You need the goodness of someone else to intervene for you on your behalf. And and we're afraid of that. We're scared of that. Because uh, I think we're talking about, like, law gives you a sense of control. And grace strips that away.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things I heard you say, Jessica, and I can, and you too, Kristen, two things. One is, you know, if you're a youth pastor, which that's what I do for a living, you know, this this is the, the true flesh speaking, but, you know, you want to see results. And, you know, results, if in youth ministry or when you're working with kids, is that the kids are going to act like Christians. Right. And, um, you know, they just... Uh, they don't actually always act that way. <laughs> right. Well, and we know
3: from the statistics that all these Christian kids, yeah. so to speak, go off to college and they abandon the church. And so, right. I mean, we have to look and see, you know, why is that? And I think it's because their heart is never, grace has never gotten a hold of them. They haven't heard that. They've just been doing whatever it takes to get by, mm-hmm. to do the right thing, or to look good. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just such a performance-based culture all the way around. They know how to play the game and, and look good.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, you know, if you're a parent or if you work with kids, there's just a tremendous amount of legitimate fear that they're going to do something to really hurt themselves or to wreck their life. Mm-hmm. Because we see that all around us. you know, Or we, even we ourselves made mistakes that still have consequences. And so we're, we're just very, very afraid that they're going to do something destructive. Right. And we think that we can kind of rein them in and control them by you know using guilt or fear or shame, um, you know, and the law to to kind of regulate that, when in reality people tend to actually double down on their rebellion mm-hmm. in response to those things. And I, just, I think that part of part of what I think you're saying, Kristen, is and, and something that I'm big on is that we just really have to think long term mm-hmm. about our kids' long term future because they're just if, you know, and, and two, like, how we're presenting God. Because if, if we are constantly talking about rules and behavior modification and not talking about the character of God and, um, and talking about what Jesus has done for them, then they're, they're not going to, there's not a God to love and cling to mm-hmm. and to show loyalty to. Mm-hmm. So. And I think
2: some of it, too, as a parent, Uh, Part of the reason that I feel that sort of like I don't want my kids to make big mistakes is yes for their life That's true. I I, I want them to have a great life But there's also my own identity is tied into that. (laughs) Yeah, so that if they're screwing up Then somehow I have failed and when I'm banking my identity instead of banking it on the finished work of Jesus Christ Yeah When I'm banking my identity on how my kids turn out Mm -hmm. and then they make these bad decisions Then what does that say about me? Well says I'm a failure Right? right, and so when I have justification by my parenting or by my motherhood then I'm not okay with God because of how my kids are doing hmm. um, so yes I and I think it could be maybe the same for youth pastors when they see a kid fail yeah. and they think oh that's because I didn't do a good job yeah. you know and so there's a little bit of identity tied into that for parents for youth pastors where we are concerned about the kids making mistakes but if I'm being brutally honest I'm also concerned not about their future, but about what that says about me personally.
3: And it's so easy to beat ourselves up, too, because we're not resting in our identity in Christ. Because even like with my son that I'm struggling with right now, he's my third born. And I look back and I'm like, oh, we didn't do with him what we did with the others. And I just Mm -hmm. think like, oh, we failed. It's, It's on me. But I know that God doesn't work that way. Um, but it's so hard to to for me to look. And basically, it's law. I'm saying, well, I didn't do right. this, and so now he's not turning out like this the way right. I want him to. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, I think too. There's um, there's an element where uh, there's a lack of humility, in the sense of I I have to go back and remember like where I was when I was 14 or 15 or 16, mm-hmm. 18, and just think about, you know, my. Uh, And just basically the humiliations I had to suffer the mistakes I had to make to actually for the the message of grace to you know to actually be real in my life and that is not that's not a fun thing to accept that your child is probably going to have to you know have their teeth dragged through the gravel uh, to, to actually really come to a place where they internalize the gospel but that That really is kind of how life works.
3: It is, but we want to like put them in this bubble so they don't have to go through
1: that. (laughs) Truly. Well, what ways kind of practically do you think that in a way that we're kind of blind to, do you think that either churches or parents tend to kind of lean on law, um, tend to kind of try to enforce behavior modification rather than the gospel?
2: I think in youth ministry, one way you really see it is the whole like do big things for God. Ooh. Um, This sort of pressure that we place on children to go out and do big things for God instead of our first message is what is the big thing that God has done for you? And I think a lot of youth ministries lack in talking first about what has God done for you Mm -hmm. in the work and life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What has he done for you there? Instead of this, this other sort of, and the world does it, the church does it, it's all about dream big dreams, do big things. And I think we're putting the cart before the horse. Like, talk about what God's done for them and watch the message of grace catch their hearts on fire before we're telling them, go out and do big things for God. Because then again, your identity is based in your performance. What is this big thing I'm going to do? Hmm. Whatever it may be. Hmm. Even if it's even if it's talk about Jesus. Right? So we're here at the rooted conference and I'm, you know, I'm gonna speak, and my identity is wrapped up in how is that gonna go? Right? So same thing. So I the big thing I'm gonna do for God today is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna speak. And instead of and, and it's funny because like the very thing I'm speaking about on is like <laughs> don't do that. So I get nervous, right? And I'm like, oh, what's? how is the big thing I'm going to do for God? How is that going to turn out? Instead of just, oh, no, my primary heartbeat has to be what's the big thing that God has done for us. And I think that youth ministries are really missing it there because they want to give kids a purpose, and that's great.
3: Yeah.
2: But the purpose is not what do they do with their life. It's what Christ did with his.
3: Yes, it's so much focused on... Them and not his story, right? And so I feel like even like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's like it's putting the action back on like what I can do, even though they're saying Christ strengthens me. I just just feel like it's all about okay, I can do this. It's so um, self-motivated or self-help. I call
1: call that the legalist life first.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Every athlete, yes.
1: Sorry, Uh, it's true,
3: but I mean I just think that it's. Kids don't know the story of Christ. They don't know how they fit in, and they don't see that it wasn't just that he died, but that he lived for them. Right. He lived the perfect life for them, mm-hmm. and and they don't have any idea of that. In fact, I spoke um, last week to a FCA meeting, and I spoke on justification, and from the just feedback afterwards, it was like, what I was speaking to them was all new information, and this was a primarily churched group of kids. Right. And wow. it just is so saddening to me to think, okay, these kids are sitting in churches and in youth groups, and we're missing the boat because they don't know what justification is.
1: Right. Yeah. And speaking of justification, did that, and Kristen, in your ministry, both in, in writing and speaking, and, and same with you, Jessica, in your you know, writing ministry and podcasts and speaking – Justification is really at the heart there, mm-hmm. and um, first off, could we talk about that a little bit? Just if you guys wouldn't mind talking about, you know, in plain language, like what is justification, and why do you think it is such an essential, essential, you know, core message for every kid to know, every person to know, but particularly every young person to really, to really own.
3: Well, we have to know who Jesus is for us to know who we are in him. Mm -hmm. And so we have to start with what happened when that identity exchange took place. I mean, he lived the perfect life for us, and then he died the sacrificial death. And upon that time, he gave us then his perfect, holy, righteous record and took all of our sin onto him and gave us all of his perfection. And now God views us as such. So God views us as perfect, which is absolutely amazing because no matter how big or little our sin is, no matter what we do, it never changes how God views us. And that is our true identity. And that's where we need to be rooted to know that even when I feel, feel like a failure, or even if I don't feel like I compare to my friends, or even if I you know, wasn't the best athlete, or whatever it is, who I am in Christ is secure. And that has to be our foundation or all these other things are going to like rock us off, you know, our foundation. And it's going to, I mean, that's why we see just different behavior, sinful behavior, because they aren't rooted in who they are in Christ. Hmm. They don't know that they're justified and that they were declared, they're declared perfect because he was perfect for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah,
2: Martin Luther said justification is like that's what the church hinges on, whether it rises or falls, is our understanding of justification. Mm. And so, I mean, an easy way that I talk to about it, I talk about it with my kids is I'm, I ask them, when God looks at you, what does he see? And they always say, I'm hidden in Christ. Wow. Right? They, see, they see the perfect, he sees the perfect work of Christ. So even in the middle of disciplining them or talking to them about something that they've done wrong, after I say to them, okay, here's what you did, and we're gonna go through that, but how does God see you even in this? Even in the middle of you doing what you did, how was God looking at you? Wow. That's, I think, an important thing for us to do with our children. So, telling them that their sins are forgiven. How often do we say that to our kids? Like, Your sins are forgiven. Wow. Just imparting that word of grace is so powerful. And then also telling them, it's not just that you're forgiven. that you're justified you have you're hidden like over you is like this cloth that when god looks down he doesn't see you he just sees you he sees christ you're completely hidden by what christ has done for you and in your place
3: well and i think what you said about discipline That is grace, but I feel like our culture has kind of moved away from disciplining kids because I don't know why. They think that we want to be our kid's best friend, or we want to be nice, or I don't know what it is, so I'd love to hear more about, like, how discipline actually is grace.
2: Yeah. Well, let me just, can I just share a real quick story? Yeah, sure. Um, And I'll just say this preemptively so that you don't get any emails I've asked for my kids. (laughs) Uh, permission to tell any story I tell about them. um. Okay, yeah, that's a good policy. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there was this one day we were all at church and we were having everybody come over to our house after church that Sunday. And we, um, you know, I was standing talking to our pastor's wife and there was some like basketball game on or something, people were going to come over and watch it. So I'm standing talking to my pastor's wife and one of her boys comes up and says, Allie, who's my daughter, Allie just hit me. And she's like, okay, didn't you write the book? I said, yes, (laughs) just ignore it. So um, I I look at my daughter and I'm like, okay, we'll see you at our house. I'll deal with her before you guys get there. You know, the whole way home, I I am shaming her in the car, okay? Do you know, just like, you know, we never touch anybody when we're angry. Just how dare you, how could you? All of those self-righteous, awful things that parents Mm -hmm. say. I'm I'm saying every single one of them, and I'm doing it in the whisper yell, you know, where (laughs) it adds a little bit of crazy. Like, it's an element of crazy. You're not really yelling. You're, like, whispering. Like, how could you do that? Right? Because your eyes are bulging. (laughs) is turning red. Okay, so we get home. I take her in a room. I discipline her. I mean, it is punitive. It is not redemptive. I'm angry. She's upset. I'm like, don't you ever touch anybody again. Right? It's an awful disaster. Okay. And part of that is because I feel the pressure of people coming over, and I don't want her to be the kid that hits people, and it's all of that. So people come over. I'm standing next to my pastor's wife, and a different one of her boys comes up and says, Allie hit me. (laughs) And I'm like, what in the world? I thought I just scared her to death, right? (laughs) So I look at her. I make eye contact. I just point at her room. She goes to her room. And as I'm walking towards her room, I... Like, the Holy Spirit talks me, and I give it a 10 count. It's not like I'm thinking, how am I going to share justification with my daughter right now? <laughs> yeah. I was not thinking. That was just angry and mortified and embarrassed, really. That was my primary. It's thing. really, yeah. Okay? So take her into her room. I, I, I count 10 seconds. I walk into her room, and immediately she says to me, I don't deserve to be with my friends. Okay? And the Holy Spirit just convicted my heart. I was like, you know what? I don't deserve to be with my friends either. The way my heart is right Mm. now. But do you know what mercy is, baby? Mercy is not God not giving us what we deserve. And do you know what grace is? Grace is him piling on all the good stuff instead of what we deserve. Mm.
0: Mm.
2: And so we talked about that for a long time. I did discipline her. And then after that, we prayed. And after praying, she looked up at me and said, now I know God loves me. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's the point, right? The point is reconciliation. The point is to remind your kids of relationship of who they are with you and and before god the point of discipline is to bring your kids close and bring them in and i think we use discipline a lot to shame them and push them out Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and so justification is reminding them of the gospel like when you're talking about justification with your kids in discipline it's reminding them of the gospel right you don't deserve good things like we don't deserve it because of who Uh we are and what we've done but God being rich in mercy and kindness and steadfast love has brought us to himself and loves us in spite of it. So we're sharing that with them in the middle of discipline. I think that that's the most important thing, like over and over saying to them, God rescues sinners. He's a friend of sinners. He loves sinners, reminding them of that. Wow,
3: yeah, I mean, it is a constant reorienting. For us, too. Const- Absolutely. Yes, and like what you yeah. said, how you had to say, you know, you don't deserve to be with your friends either. Like, I think that's so important for our kids to see right. arson, too, so they see that we're in the same boat. Right. I can identify with you because I'm the same way. Yeah. But Absolutely. I Absolutely. Think- so often kids don't see that and it's not talked about, sin's not talked about because we don't want to hurt their self esteem. And so, <laughs> right. Well, we don't and to I think,
1: yeah, and I think too that parents have a sense that you know they have to be the perfect parent, mm-hmm. and so consequently, they're reticent to, or they maybe they think it will undermine their authority if they confess their sin to their kid. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if uh, I can remember my daughter. I haven't asked for her permission, but she's only three years old, so (laughs) she'll probably, uh. (laughs) yeah. But I can remember her saying, um, I told her when I was like, honey, you've had a really good attitude tonight, and I really thank you for that. She had a bad attitude the previous few days. (laughs) And she said, said, Daddy, sometimes I have a bad attitude. And I said, Mary Matthews, Daddy often has a really bad attitude. And I was like, and that's why Jesus came for us Mm. is because we fall short. You know, he Mm -hmm. came to forgive our sin. And that's even, you know, that even starts with like three-year-olds, mm-hmm, you know? Definitely. And I think that we can sometimes get this idea of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm saying this over and over again. It's going to get old. Like, it never gets old. Mm-hmm. Because we know in our own personal lives how prone we are to walk in the flesh and how prone we are to forget the gospel like every 15 minutes mm-hmm, and right. how it's just a lifestyle of repentance over and over again to return to the cross. So, wow, that was all, that was all great. Um... So another kind of one last question. Both of you um have received really positive response from people um in in the books that you've read. I mean sorry, sorry in the books that you've read. <laughs> <laughs> um <didn't> congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on those books you've read. It has I mean, been well such it has been <laughs> such a bit to me. Um <laughs> uh, no, but um I was gonna say uh but if people have, you know, been really, really grateful for the things that you've written and produced, can you, do you have a sense of, like, why is it that parents are grateful to hear people encourage them to lead their kids in grace?
2: I think parents are just as, I mean, they're desperate. Yeah. They're desperate. And we've been, we've been sticking to and trying law, and we see that it, it, the the result of that is we're angry a lot of the time Mm -hmm. we're angry or we're depressed a lot of the time when it comes to our kids and for parents to hear like we were talking about telling your kids they're forgiven for parents to hear you're forgiven and loved and your identity does not rest on uh, god's love for you does not rest on how you perform as a parent there's freedom in that
1: And Mm -hmm. if there's
2: freedom to say, hey, your kids are going to sin. Like, when you walk into a room and you see them doing something wrong, don't be shocked. Right. They come from Mm -hmm. you. So you don't have to, like, that's not like a, whoa, what? You sin? Well, of course they do. Yeah. So parents need to hear. That's that's who we are. That's why we needed a rescuer. They need to hear that there's one good father and one good son. And it's not you and it's not your kids. Right. So rest and relax in your identity, as a, as a sinner and a saint. You're both simultaneously. You're forgiven. You're loved, even though your performance doesn't. Uh, you shouldn't. Doesn't earn that. And I think parents need to take a deep breath. <laughs> they think yeah. salvation of their children is all up to them. Hmm. It's not. It, you know, salvation is the Lord alone. They think that. Their identity is wrapped up in how their kids perform. Like, no, your identity is not in how your kids perform. It's in how Christ performed for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: parents parents are tired. And they need a word of rest and a word of grace. And Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are heavy laden. and I'm going to give you rest. And the rest is in the gospel. The rest is in our justification. The rest is in our forgiveness. And parents need that word. And that's why they're grateful because all they hear is lost. And I think even if they
3: can't pinpoint that that's what they're hearing, they do, when they hear grace, they can notice that it's something different. Even Uh if they don't have the words to articulate that, oh, this is grace. I'm not getting this. But Uh I just feel like it is. It's that refreshment like, wow, yes, I can rest. There's freedom here. There's freedom to fail.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: And that, praise the Lord. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I think, too, You know, know, we're talking about law a lot. I I mean, I think one way to think about it in terms of the way that uh, churches and different sources tend to relate to parents or instruct parents is giving them formulas. Mm -hmm. You know, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you'll get these results, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then, in turn, a parent tries to reproduce that with their kids. When we're talking about law or formulas, the pressure is all on us. Mm -hmm. The pressure is all on us to perform. The pressure is on our kids to perform. Right. And I think when we're encouraged, um, and, you know, and even that, that's even true for youth pastors. I, I mean, I can, it's just for so many youth pastors, they are so exhausted mm-hmm. um, because they feel like they, in a sense, have to be the kid's savior. And, you know, when we return to the gospel, it's so freeing because you're reminded. That only Jesus can save your kids. Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus can redeem us. Only Jesus can redeem our kids. And uh, it's just such an alleviation of performance pressure mm-hmm. because we we just really don't have that much power, and we really don't have that much control. We just don't. Our only hope is that is the interaction, or sorry, the intervention and the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And but we made grace. our kids
3: idols, is what we do. Because That's I true. mean, if they because we find our identity and how they behave and how they look then they truly are our false gods and that's a lot of pressure for our kids to live under
1: yeah great well parting shot how about you so if someone's listening and they're uh they're you know this has piqued their interest what, what would you kind of say to someone listening what would be an encouragement
3: uh, I would just, I mean, like we've said, you just have to keep going back to justification, really, is what I think. You cannot overstate it. I mean, like you you said, we need the gospel constantly all the time. Um, so I always try to figure out the angle to get to my kid's heart. Mm-hmm. Because if I just address the outer behavior of what they're doing, I'm missing what's really going on in their heart. So you have to go... Deeper, you have to ask those questions. You have to kind of get inside and think about where are they not believing the gospel? Where do they not see who Jesus is for them? And then take the gospel there, help them see who Jesus is for them, so that they can rest and know who they are securely in Him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, before we can lead our kids to exactly what you're saying, we have to know that for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, and we forget it every single day. So. Yeah. Uh, Go find good resources. I'm sure Rooted, the website, has a ton of great resources that are going to remind youth workers and parents of of what justification is, of what the gospel means. You need to be in those resources. But ultimately, I mean, you can read all the right resources. and You can have all the right knowledge, but ultimately you have to know your weakness as a sinner and ask for your Savior's help.
1: Yeah. Nothing better than that. That is tremendous. Kristen, Jessica, thanks so much for joining us.
0: To learn more about Gospel Centered Youth Ministry, please visit our website at www.mutantministry.com. Music has been provided by High Street Hymns. You can access their music at www.highstreethymns.com.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Mm-hmm.